Welcome to a new season of Retrain Your Brain with me, Chartered Psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang. And in this season, I am going to give you my usual life hacks, but I'm also interspersing these episodes with special guest episodes that I've recorded with N Live Radio and the Wellbeing Lounge, where I've had the pleasure of learning life hacks, psychological fixes, and great ways to thrive from wonderful wellbeing advocates. Let's get started. Today, I wanted to think about how effective external tools are to support internal work. And in particular, I've been asked to look at anxiety rings by a publication. So I thought I'd start by talking about those. So what are anxiety rings? Well, they're known as spinning rings or worry rings, and they have movable balls on one of the bands, and they allow you to fidget with them when you're feeling anxious. And that can help you induce a sense of calm. And one of the reasons behind that is you can fidget with something that you have permission to fidget with. Playing with the balls on the ring can give you a sense of calm because that in itself, that repetitive motion is in itself relaxing. In terms of what they are, it's not actually a new concept. An anxiety ring simply is adult packaging. Fiddle toys, along with wobble cushions and jewellery, have long been used in schools to enable young children to have something to play with, which is not going to get them into trouble when they've been told to sit still. And as such, the benefits of being given permission to fidget are there. They work in the same way as a stress ball may work or having a grounding object to hold. I don't have an anxiety ring, but I do actually use my wedding ring to ground me. And allowing ourselves an expression of our emotions, in this case, the physical outlet of fidgeting, can really help dissipate some of the intensity. Displacing emotional intensity to reduce it is also common. And that's why sport can be a good option when we're feeling overly stressed or dancing may boost our mood or running on the spot can really help us get that sense of calm because we've almost displaced the feeling of anxiety and turned it into a feeling of exercise. Thus, the fidget ring, the anxiety ring, would potentially blend the release of the energy but also give you the grounding element of stress relief, touching a familiar object or smelling a familiar calming smell or even touching the ground for a moment can help literally ground us. And people find this very, very helpful to bring a little bit of headspace and a sense of emotional regulation. And simply, it's not hurting anybody. If it works for you, I always say, use it. What's also helpful to remember is that people who use the fidget rings often report reaching for the ring first rather than pulling their hair, biting their nails, picking their skin or other self-soothing behaviours that are potentially more problematic. So the ring can not only provide a buffer to unhealthy coping, but it can also alert the wearer that there is something going on that's causing them stress. However, one ring is not enough. All of these examples of the good work that fidget rings, fidget toys and wobble cushions can do 
are still no substitute for also doing the mental and emotional development work to alleviate the cause of their anxiety, to change the root of the issue in the first instance. And maybe that means we have to also learn to assert our boundaries better. Maybe we need to spend time with people who don't make us feel so anxious or at least make us feel better for the times we have to deal with those other people. Or changing our focus, using a fidget ring, an external tool alone does not tackle the root cause. So as always, because I love giving practical tips, there are a number of ways we can reduce our anxiety. Tip number one, don't seek it out. You're allowed to keep a mental social distance. Remember, you only have a finite amount of energy to make sure you're spending it wisely. Maybe there are some people you want to see, but maybe there aren't as well. Identify in your network who are those that bring you joy. So to do this, think about what you really want out of a friendship. Really think about those values and actively seek those people out. Look carefully at your current relationships and ask yourself, which ones are reciprocal? Which ones bring me joy? Which ones encourage honesty? Which ones can I rely on? And most importantly, which ones are with people I respect for their values and actions? Then actively choose to spend time with those people because then you can quite legitimately tell the others, I'm really sorry, I'm already booked up. Also, protect your boundaries. You cannot save people from themselves. If it's within your power, yes, you may be able to signpost them and perhaps you can be there if they need a cheerleader. But always solving their problems stops you working on your own and can teach them to become dependent on you. So instead, practice these phrases. How can I best help you? That pushes the onus back onto them to tell you what they need. What would you like me to do? Same thing. What have you tried? At least this gives you an insight into what they've tried before, so that can help you if you are offering advice. Asking, would you like me to advise you or are you looking for a sounding board, also makes that interaction more effective. Ask, what are you trying to achieve? Again, this gets them to think about the outcome that they want. These questions are supportive. Not only can you more effectively target your response, but you are returning power back to the person asking. And you can channel the saved energy from not getting involved in their psychodramas into achieving your own goals. Reduce the emotional impact of anxiety in the moment as well. And this is a beautiful grounding exercise, which you can do without a fidget ring. Simply look around and name five things you can see. Four things you can hear. Three things you can touch. Two things you can smell. One thing you can taste. It doesn't matter which senses in which order. But by doing that, by actively looking around and speaking those things, you're getting yourself out of your head, which means that spiral of negative automatic thoughts has to cease. And of course, address the root of the anxiety. Anxiety, feelings of stress, all of that, they're a warning light. Try to work out the root of the issue. Anxiety can occur in response to a thought, a behaviour, a situation. It is simply the body's response to a perceived threat. 
If you're able to acknowledge and hold that feeling for a while as you uncover what's causing it, then the action you subsequently take is better directed at the source of the problem. And then not only by treating the source are you dealing with the root, but hopefully your symptoms will follow and go away too. And of course, remember physical health. Get some sleep. Sleep is one of the most helpful things you can do to really recharge and repair the body and brain. And it can help regulate our appetite. It can enhance our ability to concentrate. It can boost our relationships. And as a result, we often feel less irritable. So even if you don't do anything else, at least try to regulate your sleep. Consider having a bedtime routine. Have a glass of water by your bed. Keep a writing pad by your bed for if you wake up in the middle of the night and have a brilliant idea. Because if you write it down, then you haven't opened your phone. Plan for the next day if you have to. Clothes, lunch prep, any of those things. And not only does it mean that you may have a slightly less disturbed sleep, but if you do need to rest a little bit longer in the morning, you can. Consider stopping drinking caffeinated drinks about six hours before bed. Maybe have a chamomile tea or warm water or even warm milk. Sometimes people find exercising at night helps, others don't. So heed your body's response to whatever you try. And after exercising, especially late at night, it might be that a bath is more soothing than a shower, unless that feels too long for you. Again, you've got to listen to yourself. Movement also helps alleviate some of the symptoms of depression and apathy. So physical movement, even if it's not strenuous exercise, can again help clear the mind a little bit. You may also want to consider meditation and of course think about what we're putting into our bodies too because it's in our gut that we produce most of the serotonin which regulates our bodily functions. So Looking after ourselves in general probably does more good than having an external tool. But if an external tool is a starting point for giving you the headspace to be able to do the internal work, if it's not costing you and it's benefiting you, I'm all for it. And that's all we have time for. But to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com or tune into the Wellbeing Lounge on NLive Radio, which is www.nliveradio.com every Tuesday night at 9pm.